Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Pensacola, Florida, it's time for Pensacola Business Radio. Now, here are your Business Radio X hosts. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Keith over here, broadcasting live from our Pensacola studio. And I have uh, four cast of characters with us on the other side of our uh, Wi-Fi lines, as I like to call it, um, joining us virtually from all over the uh, U.S., are uh, Mason, Lyndall, Blythe, and Lorena, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves, and we'll kind of get into who they are and what they do. So by all means, Mason, please take it away. Hi, I'm Mason Pelt. My company is Push ROI. We're a digital advertising agency that has spent the last handful of years slowly morphing into a software company. And I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit more, but I don't want to eat up anyone else's time. No worries. Well, thank you for being here. We appreciate it. Cool. Well, yeah, my name, is, uh, my name is Lyndall, Lyndall Woodruff. Uh, Lyndall, like Kendall, but with an L. <laughs> Make it easy on everyone. I always get Wendell or something like that, but it is Lyndall. Um, I'm located in Dallas, Texas. Um, I do a couple of different things. I have a, uh, a company that I'm VP of. I'm in charge of uh, <clears throat> a strategic partnerships. We're called uh, Thought Culture. Um, we are, like I said, we're in Dallas, Texas, and we we do anything visual and digital with a lot of strategic partnerships. So we do everything from uh, branding, motion graphics, animation, uh, 3D, uh, 3D modeling, video production, post production, music uh, composition. We're just a turnkey. Any anything digital, uh, visual podcasts, um, everything. And then outside of that, I'm a stand-up comic for my my therapy i do stand-up comedy for therapy yes i do and uh outside of that was that i said for your therapy or for others uh both (laughs) very cool both yeah creating a circle of uh, love and laughter man there's nothing better um and then outside of that i am uh, very privileged to be the director of the southwest region for the recording artist guild um, it is the only guild for musicians. We started it in 2009 in Beverly Hills, and uh, we are a nonprofit that helps musicians um, grow their brand and get more exposure. That's what we do. Very neat. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, man. Appreciate it. And I guess uh, it's my turn to go next. My name is Blythe Brumley, but I am the owner of a company called Brumley Brands. It's a digital media agency uh, that focuses primarily in the trucking and logistics space. I'm also a publisher. I started out uh, blogging and building websites about 10 years ago. So so learning all of those skills sort of segued into starting up my own agency. Uh, I've also dabbled in uh, print publications. I was editor-in-chief of a local magazine here in North Florida. Um, I was also a radio broadcaster for four years here in Jacksonville and have since started using uh, those skills learned in order to promote my own business. I've been in business now on my own for, for close to two years, and, and it's, been, it, it's, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of challenges. Um, but just, uh, it, it's exciting, you know, to sort of work for yourself and, and exciting to, to talk about it. Very cool. Well, thank you for being here. We appreciate you taking your time out of your day. Thank you for having me. Hello, I'm Lorena Tomasini and I'm the owner of mom life and health insurance agency here in Miami. I'm part of a mother daughter duo. We've been working together now for the past uh, 12 years and we help families and small business owners with financial protection. 
Fantastic. Well, Lorena, thank you for being here. And I know we've spoken before, so for me, it'll be a refresher course. And for everybody else, it'll be brand new. But again, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Okay, so let's uh, let's get right into it. So, Mason, let's just uh, give us the story. You know, tell us about your business. Well, a few years ago, I started a company. It was intended to be a software company at that time. We got some investment money. Ended up being the wrong time to launch uh, an analytics dashboard product. I pivoted away, went to a service model, added on a couple of really great partners, worked with a bunch of awesome clients. Uh, we've done work for L'Oreal Paris, Ralph Lauren, uh, Plex, if you like media streaming startups that are just amazing. And a bunch of, oh, a bunch of companies of all different sizes along the way. And over that time, we spent a lot of effort and energy building what I call half-measured solutions for various problems, usually around uh, marketing analytics. For example, when Google Analytics tells you Facebook is responsible for 29 conversions and Facebook says they are responsible for 50, you ultimately know how much revenue you've made, but you don't necessarily know which marketing channel was truly effective. And we're hoping that by the end of this year, beginning of next, we will once again be a software company that is able to offer a service that can maybe help a lot of small to medium-sized businesses that we would not necessarily end up being able to work with as consultants. So it's amazing how um, in the world of business, you can start with one idea and watch it morph into something completely different than what you started with. Um, so talk about that experience a little bit because I think that is a something that either either kills you because you don't learn how to pivot or it's something that really turns you into something you, you were so great at you had no idea, right? Exactly. I've spent a lot of time working with startups and I, honestly, to get on my personal soapbox for a minute, one of the biggest problems people I've seen have had launching companies is that they'll come up with a great idea and then five years later, they'll still be working on the same great idea. And they have no metrics for success in place. I mean, obviously getting hundreds of thousands of users and being Facebook would be considered successful, but they also don't have any metrics for failure to say, I've done this for three years and it hasn't worked out yet. And now I need to do something else and maybe I can return to it. Yeah. So I, that's I, been, I agree uh, with you. yeah. Um, okay. So in this, in, in this, working with these larger companies that you've uh, been with and by the way, there's a very impressive list. So congratulations. But I would like to know, what do you think, what's your biggest takeaway from working with, with these kinds of companies that are this advanced into the technology and in, in making sort of the rest of the world, they're driving the market. So there, there are a couple of, there are a couple of takeaways that I, I don't want to sound mean or nasty to large or small companies, but there are advantages to being either. If you're a big company, you have lots of money, but things take a long time to move. And if you're a much smaller company, you, you don't have the cash. You can't just run an ad campaign, but you can jump on and be really successful by learning how to leverage trends, which a lot of companies have done. And an example of that is Dollar Shave Club really took a, a large, healthy margin out of Gillette, which is kind of the established player. Like if you think of razors, I think nine out of 10 people, if asked to name something to do with razors, would say Gillette within the first three or four words of free association. And Gillette does now have a subscription model. It took them a while to get that 
built and to get going. And they were never able to have the same sort of viral marketing success that Dollar Shave Club was able to enjoy. In part because no one wants to be the person to do something that requires a large budget and then isn't successful. Big companies tend to do things that are going to be modestly successful with a low chance of failure, at least when it comes to their, their public facing image, not necessarily R and D. And so on both sides of it, there's like an advantage disadvantage, but an interesting stat, if you look at the top fortune 1000 companies, most companies will not be there for more than 100 years. At the end of 100 years, they kind of run their course and they get usurped. In some case, because whole new industries came along, like no one 100 years ago would have imagined a tech company would be in the same conversation as General Electric or General Motors, which Apple very much is, as is Dell, as is Google. But also because sometimes the same things keep getting tried. Uh, for example, YouTube hasn't really affected the way big brands think of digital media or of media in general. It's treated very much the same way as television. It's an ad, uh, ad network. Influencers are pretty much the same as if you hired a spokesperson. You know, Ellen DeGeneres and uh, James Charles are kind of on the same playing field in the minds of anyone working with CoverGirl. They're both, they're spokespeople. One of them came up and has 14 million subscribers on YouTube. The other one has a large television show. So big companies are kind of slow to adapt. And I'm not trying to insult anyone that I've ever worked with, but it's a, it's just a truism. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree with you 100% in the sense of uh, it's all the same carrot. It's just on a different wrapper kind of thing. And uh, um, exactly in, in the slow to react is, is always the advantage of the small businesses. I'm sure all of, you know, um, it's easy for us to pivot and change and uh, you know, start over, or try something new and not be out of the game right away. But then it's also very difficult for us to do the big, large moves that usually yield the very, very large returns. So uh, I guess the advantages and disadvantages to both. And, you know, I think all of you, um, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but at some point we all wanted to just get big enough to like retire. Right. And, and kind of get into business to get out of business. Correct. Yep. Oh, of course. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I started a blog 10 years ago thinking that someone would, would, would buy it from me within a couple of years. And right, <laughs> here we are. You're still blogging, later. aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, go ahead, Lorraine. Uh, I agree with that. Yeah. Sorry. I agree with that. I don't think we want to be looking till we're like 70 or 75. So uh, early, early retirement, the better. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Mason, in, in your uh, transition between products and, and, you know, what you were offering and really what you've, your long-term goal, how did that change your um, customer acquisition strategies or, or did it? You know, to be honest, customer acquisition is one of those things I'm admitting like my uh, Achilles heel here. I've never been particularly great at figuring out how to turn people I don't know into customers. What ha I have been fortunate in is having a good network of people that have sent me leads and uh, who have wanted to work with me, whether it was a referral or even just being found online. 
So it hasn't changed our, our acquisition strategy very much. And in part, that's because my ambition was never to scale to be a very large agency. I wanted to work with really great clients where we had a good relationship and have a good small team. I have two uh, really wonderful business partners right now that are um, all involved in our company. And so we didn't plan out the sales force. And I do think when we eventually launch a product, a lot of our acquisition will change because most people who run ad agencies have noticed the same problem. The way a service company, which an ad agency by nature is, markets itself is very different from the way most of the products you market, whether they're B2B or B2C. If you have a client, you probably market them a bit differently than the way you would market yourself. Like I would be very skeptical of anyone that would hire me as an ad agency because I ran a, a Facebook ad that said, hi, I'm really great. It just seems um, un unlikely, although it could, it could work. But for us, it hasn't affected very much our lead strategy. And in part, that's because we didn't have a, we didn't have a, a holistic customer acquisition strategy, which is a, a point that I could criticize myself for. So do you think it's not, do you think it's fair to not be drinking your own Kool-Aid? Yeah, I do. Because I would not, I don't market a ton of service businesses and people are not going to go and spend $20 to buy what I'm selling at Walgreens. Now, when we have a product, I think we would drink our own Kool-Aid. Uh, that's actually a plan that I've been working on over the last few weeks. Once we launch something, yeah, I think people would buy a analytics tool or some form of, of marketing insights report uh, off of traditional marketing that I would offer for a, a normal, air quotes, normal client. But um, I don't think anyone sh would or really should go looking for an ad agency off of who is targeting them with advertising. That might be a part of your, your lead strategy, but it's a, it's a service that requires a lot of vetting and a lot of meetings and a lot of custom pitches. And so the prospect of doing a ton of custom pitching for clients that are not necessarily qualified leads is not as, uh, not as, not as great as, as, uh, it might seem. Yeah, I would prefer to just look. Oh, good. That's a very, very time consuming as well. Yes. It, it can waste a lot of time. It wastes a lot of everybody's time because if you're a lot of calls, we'll get, hi, I have an idea for something. What's the idea? Well, it's, I want to create a rocket ship that, you know, people can go uh, to Mars with their cats. Like, well, that's not really possible. Do you have any money for it? No. Okay. Uh, what would you like from us? I, I've looked at a lot of different agency models. And some, you know, some people have done very well with essentially cookie cutter systems. We have tried to be, we are a service agency with the methodology of consultants. I want to understand your problem. I want to understand your market and I want to be able to help you reach your specific goals with whatever tools are in the toolbox that happen to best suit you. And if it's a service business, I probably would not suggest to them most of the core services we offer. I mean, of course we could do a website or create some sort of a video, uh, create really great presentations or, or do user experience, but it's not, um, 
not the sort of mass market advertising that would traditionally be thought of when someone says ad agency. Yeah, and and I think you may find yourself losing a bit of identity sometimes doing that as well, don't you think? Oh, definitely. A lot of people have, a lot of companies try to scale really hard and they end up going from the point where they are propelled because they do a really great job to the point that their name, because they've been heard of by a lot of people. And I I obviously won't name anyone because I think that would be uh, in very poor taste. But (laughs) I think if, if any of us have been following marketing for the last decade, we can name a couple of companies that came up in a dot-com bubble and maybe at the time they did really good work. And now they do the same sort of early two thousands website in 2019. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I and would agree. you know, they'll turn out the same stuff. I would definitely agree. I would agree for sure. So, uh, and, and I think at the end of the day, there's always the rule of two, right? There can only be the two. There's usually only the two big ones. There's the, the Coke and the Pepsi and the, the Adidas and the Reebok or, you know, however that works. But at the end, there's almost no original ideas to some extent. And, uh, in marketing, I think we all can kind of copy each other and then tweak a little bit, but I see very rarely, um, something new that is completely new that doesn't get, you know, duplicated or or replicated because it's just that easy to do that. And that's, I guess how we are. We're all socially engineered to be able to kind of yeah. be guilty that way, I guess, for lack of a better terminology. But um, so, uh, Mason, for anyone else that anybody else may be interested in your company or uh, where you, they can get in touch with you or find out more, where can we send them to? Uh, PushROI.com. Very cool. All right. Well, thank you very much for being here. Stick around for a little bit. We're going we're gonna to move on to, uh, to Lindell and uh, uh, find out what they're about. Yeah. Sounds good, man. Uh, hey, Mason, dude, I hear you on the uh, on the warm market leads. Um, that's how we've generated most a lot of our business is just warm market. You know, contacting cousins, telling them what we're doing, and uh, just getting referrals, and it's worked really well. Um, so now we're at the point where we can delegate proper marketing budgets and and do certain campaigns and and stuff like that, but. Um, it's been a lot of fun getting to that point. <clears throat> so the main uh, the main thing that we like to focus on uh, thought culture we we call ourselves a visual narrative strategy company. Um, we're uh, we're a team of like visionary creatives, and we help shape your thoughts into images that will communicate your culture properly. Um, so when I talk to businesses, I make it very simple. Um, all you have is text we want to make a movie trailer for your business. We want to highlight who you are because everyone wants to interact on social media with people that they like. That's just the world we live in now. Um, so that's why influencer marketing is so, is so important. Finding different influencers on Instagram or whatever that are different personalities that can push products. That's a huge, huge thing right now. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, really helping businesses tell their story, uh, but make it more about them, uh, the people behind it and why they do what they do. And then the, what is just kind of like icing, you know what I mean? Um, and highlight those things in like a movie trailer format. You watch a movie trailer, you want to go see the movie and it entices you. So that's one of the main things we focus on on the business side is, is helping 
businesses develop that. So when you go to you go, someone goes to your site, a really cool video just pops up, and it's engaging and it's, it's cool to watch, and that uh, entices people to click around and want to know more about you. Um, and it, it's imperative that businesses do that these days. It's not a luxury anymore. It's a necessity. You you have to you have to have video. So, um, so uh, you know, with that being said, on the video piece, like for those that are out there that are maybe thinking about business or starting a business or, or even just doing it all themselves, what do you think are like the top five things you need to make sure that first video they see has? Who they are, why they do what they do, and what it is that they do. Right. And we'll, how, we'll how long is it? We'll maybe? call it the who, why, what. One minute. So, so okay, so now I'm going to ask you, here's a trick question. Do you watch the full minute of a video when you see it? And you probably do because you're 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 gonna judge it from the eyes of, of this is what you do. But do you think that most people even watch that full minute? Um, that 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 depends on the first three seconds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's uh, yeah. That's my understanding and how I've come to sort of navigate through my own marketing stuff. Is if if you're not grabbing them in, yeah. in three to five seconds, you're done and dead in the water. Yeah. You you got You got to hook them instantly. You have to. Yeah. So or talk to me. Lose it. Yeah, talk to me a little bit more about the influencer side of things, because I, I think I, I like what what we were saying earlier with the, with the it's just a you know one's a spokesperson, one's a, one's an influencer. But let's talk about why that's becoming so effective. I think, in your opinion. Um. Well, so let's take someone that has a hundred thousand followers on Instagram, right? They're not paid followers. They're actual followers that engage. And the reason that they engage is because they relate to that person on some, some form or fashion. So what a lot of businesses are doing is they're looking for certain influencers that their market fits their product. Because if that influencer wants that product, the people that like him are going to want that product too. So I always use like the QVC or the home shopping network example. If, I, if I'm on in the kitchen with Bob or, you know, whatever segment they used to have on QVC. And I bring a, a product on QVC. I'm not looking dead in the camera trying to sell my product to the audience. Bob has a huge audience that loves him and they trust him. So my job is to get Bob excited about what it is that I have and make him want it. Because if he wants it, all of his friends are going to want it. Make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, absolutely. I also think it kind of it puts a face to the review process, which I think right now is the game changer and the the, the leveler of the playing field. What do you think? Yeah, hundred percent, man. Um, it is just a it, it's a it, it's a fact that most people live on their phones. They're staring at stuff. They're getting bombarded with stuff. Um, they shop from their phone. Um, Amazon, you know, one click away. Um, so using, using that digital technology to, to reach your audience in a certain way is, is imperative and the science behind it just blows my mind. Like, so our, our core company, we specialize in video production, motion graphics, post-production photography. Those were our four main elements. So the, for the past year, what I've done is kind of looked around Dallas, met people and networked kind of like the face of the brand and found people with other services that tie into ours. 
to make the customer experience easier so they don't have to go to different companies. They can call one company and we can handle everything that you want from analytics, SEO, uh, digital strategy, social media marketing. You know, we create the content for the client and then we have a partner that strategizes that content and drives more traffic so they get, they get an ROI. Um, and these people guarantee results. So it's just a cool thing. Um, we started it in April of uh, 2017, coming on two years now. And um, it's uh, we're at a great place. We have a lot of great partners. Um, we have a 12,000 square foot facility that we operate out of with, uh, with our company called On Air Media. And they do, uh, we have large green screens and they do uh, podcasting, video podcasting. They do a lot of them. Um, so yeah, we can we can serve any business in any way, uh, digitally, visually, um, broadcast commercials. Um, with our partnerships here in Dallas and also LA, I have partners in LA. We can do everything from designing a logo to shooting a feature film with huge cranes. Um, all part- partnerships and relationships. It's all about relationships. So okay, so let's talk about that a little bit because I think um, you know one of the themes that we've been talking about here is is pivoting or being able to adjust as your business grows. What talk to me about the decision you made to actually move into, I guess, a uh, uh, more contract services or, or contract vendors um, as opposed to trying to be. You're the one stop shop, but you, you were you're very smart about it where you you leveraged your assets. So tell me how that sort of morphed into where you are today. Well, the way that it morphed is um, I, I achieved a title when I was living in L.A. I, I was in L.A. for 12 years. <clears throat> I went out there to act and do stand-up comedy and you know, did a lot of that stuff and had a lot of fun. Um, but then I started – when I started meeting certain, certain people, um, I'm a third-generation entrepreneur. So I grew up in a very charismatic environment, very people-person-related um, positive go-getters uh, with that type of attitude. I was just born with that type of attitude and I can connect with anyone uh, in a very short amount of time. Like if I'm at a networking event and I meet a big CEO, I could probably have him talking about his dog in 10 seconds and his family. I, it's just a natural thing. So um, the Recording Artist Guild was just about to be started in 2009 and they weren't even a website yet. And uh, I had met this gentleman, I was working for a, a charity at the time um, as a, de- a development director and one of the board members was a music executive and he came up with this idea of the recording artists guild you know we have screen actors guild we have producers guild we have writers guild but we don't have a guild for recording artists um that that actually look after them as people uh record labels really they're just money to them they're a, a product you know um so we decided to start a guild and do basic things like medical benefits for artists. Um, we started researching all of the new trends in the music business because this is like when everything really started to transition into digital and, you know, MP3s and iPods and, you know, all, all these things, everything just changed and the record labels were like, Oh my God, what do we do? Cause people were just getting music online. So we started doing a lot of research to figure out, strategies and new models that artists could use to generate revenue on their own without having to worry about becoming a puppet. Um, So when I met that person and he realized 
kind of who I was and my charisma and my abilities as, as a person, he slapped the name chief connection officer on me, not connection because I have a lot of connections, but I know how to connect with people. And that's the most valuable thing. That's what my grandfather taught me. Relationships are everything. Um, be vulnerable, be open, be real. Um, and that opened a lot of doors for me in the business side. And I, I stopped doing stand up and went full on with the recording artist skill to help build that. And um, we recently turned into a 501c3. And I, you know, I'll, I'll get more of that in just a second. But um, it's a it's a cool marriage between when you when you meet a lot of people and you go through a lot of sharks and um, you finally find the right core group of people that all have the same morals and values it all comes down to morals and values and our beliefs i only partner with people that ha that have the same type of belief system we we're socially conscious you know we care about people we care about causes we care about um we just care you know that's why it's called thought culture today's thoughts tomorrow's culture um and we are building that visually and digitally and telling good stories um, so that would be on the, on the creative side. The ultimate goal with thought culture is, uh, you know, to build out the, the film production studio and, and do feature films. And, you know, we have a, a feature film script that we're about to start shooting. We've done a couple short films. Um, we've recently partnered with the Dallas international film festival actually last week. And, uh, there's just a lot of good momentum on, on both sides, on the business side of it and the creative side. And, uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun. We, we work with a lot of great people. So that's, that was the, that's how it all played out. Um, you know, like some people, they, when they want to get investors for something, someone comes out and like, Hey, I got a check for you. They're like, okay. And two years down the road, the dude ends up being a sociopath and everything falls apart. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like that's a Hollywood movie waiting to happen. It, exactly. And it happens all the time. Um, so, really taking the time to build relationships with people and understanding, you know, their core values and actually what they're about and their true colors has been paramount in, in building this kind of, uh, just web of awesomeness. Yeah. Very cool. Um, very cool. Well, I yeah. think, I think that, uh, there's something else that you hit on at least, and, and I can relate to in my experience, which was, uh, you know, coming from the outside of the marketing and creative world, which is where I was sort of, um, you, I didn't realize how much of collaboration was really uh, appreciated and accepted and how much of what the final product was would only have been what it is because of the collaboration. So in, in some of the world that I had lived in, it was very siloed uh, where people were afraid of losing their IPs and, and, and their thoughts and all that kind of stuff and, and having somebody take it from them. And then I get into this little bit more creative side of of you know, the industry and you find out that it's so not the case and there's always good ideas, but the whole sharing and, and collaborating to make, you know, things better than they are is fantastic. And I think it's one of those things that gets me out of bed in the morning. Yeah. Cooperation, man, cooperation and collaboration. Uh, it's imperative. And, you know, it always reminds me, my, my grandfather uh, would always, you know, instill in my head, the Henry Ford story and, you know, Henry Ford, he was taken to court. A reporter called him an ignorant pacifist, no education. 
so he sued this person for slander in in court. He tried to prove ignorantly asking him stupid questions about like the war of eighteen twelve and you know, stuff that doesn't matter. And he said simply, Why would I waste my time with pointless knowledge when I have dedicated my life to the manufacture of uh, of automobiles? What I've done is I have a row of electric push buttons on my desk and with any push I can summon to my aid the exact person I need to fulfill that job. So that's how he built his empire. He knew he didn't know everything, but he found all the people that, that made the puzzle. And that's why Ford is what it is. Um, so when my grandfather taught me that, that, that concept always really stuck, uh, stuck with me. Um, you don't know it all, son, <laughs> you know, find that self-awareness. If I could, if I could tell anyone anything, it's self-awareness, learn yourself, learn yourself, your capabilities, and uh and stick to those things put your energy on that and then you know write out a plan and say okay i need i need a person that does this i need a person that does this and go out and you find that person yeah i would i would agree wholeheartedly i think uh one of the best lessons i ever learned was to tony robbins had his well, i think it was like his first ted talk or something and uh al gore or, or, or was in the crowd and and he was asking he's just straight up asked him you know, told him why he didn't win his his presidency uh election and and at the bottom line he said you know you have no resources except to be resourceful and that's the only thing that you can really be that will excel across all fields and i think that like much like you're saying and much like ford and those that have built the great empires is that they knew that if they didn't know it they could they needed to go find it and it worked so you know yeah. very cool yeah. it's one that stuck with me and it worked I think, very well yeah and, you know, um, I just want to, uh, to end just on the note on the Recording Artists Guild, too, because it's a, it's a big passion of mine. And like I said, we just turned it to a 501c3. And um, it's, it's, only, it's $15 a month to be a member. And if you know anything about Screen Actors Guild, dues are very expensive. And we, uh, we give them so much. Um, we've done all this research. So every single month you get a bundle. And the, the bundle in your inbox is a masterclass video. Um, you get a list uh, that's curated for Spotify playlists and, and blog review sites, and you get their direct contact information. So if you're an artist, artists will tell you trying to find people that blog and get a hold of them and blah, 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 blah. It is so time consuming and it's a, it's a pain. So that alone is just, it's huge for our, our members. Um, medical and dental, uh, dental benefits, um, we give them free recording software, free uh, digital distribution worldwide, all kinds of stuff, $15 a month. Um, and it, it's, uh, it's grown really cool. We have our first annual uh, RAG Awards in Vegas this fall. Uh, still working on the venue, but there's going to be some great names there. And, you know, we've, uh, we've, with that partnership, there was a feature film that was done that was recently in, in Sundance showcase of Sundance two feature films actually um and it's just been a, a lot of fun I've got to work with a lot of really you know people that I admired growing up in the music business and and uh, it's been a lot of fun so now having it fully developed and and uh, ready for for members to, to come and just get taken care of and have the tools that they need and the resources that they need to to build their own brand and and kill it and they're loving it. Very cool. Well, congratulations on your success with that, for sure. 
And Thanks. if anybody's Thanks. interested in, in finding out more or getting more information, where can we send them to? Sure. Uh, yeah. Thoughtculture.com. Um, like thought, like thinking thoughtculture.com is the uh, production company and uh, recording artist guild is rag.org. Um, rag.org. So you can find out any information on there. And uh, my name is Lyndall Woodruff. And so you can find my direct email on both of those sites. Uh, if you want to contact me directly. Awesome. Well, thank you. Really cool story. And, 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 you know, we appreciate you being here and sharing it with us very much. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Keith. Appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Okay, Blythe, you're, you're up. Thank you for waiting so patiently, too, by the way. And uh, uh, by all means, let's uh, bestow the knowledge that is, that is Blythe. Sure. So uh, thank you for, for having me as well. And uh, so, so my story really begins about uh, 10 years ago. I started out as a sports and entertainment blogger. And that was my side hustle at the time. I was working full-time at a logistics and trucking company as an executive assistant. So I was essentially tasked with working, you know, side by side between the CEO, the COO, and the CFO of a multi-million dollar company. And when they found out that I was working on a website and blogging and social media and all of that, uh, they essentially tasked me with handling all of their their marketing data and 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 their website and and getting their their social media off the ground. Uh, so it was essentially uh, handling a, a bunch of different jobs at once, sort of being thrown, you know, baptism by fire, as they say. And uh, since then, uh, well, unfortunately, that that company ended up closing down. So I worked there for about five years, handling all of their marketing and then just general, you know, executive assistant duties. Um, and then they unexpectedly closed down. So it sort of left me in uh, career limbo. But about uh, two months after that, I was given an opportunity to start working for a local magazine here in North Florida. Uh, they cover culture and lifestyle and entertainment. Eventually was promoted to editor in chief and uh, worked there on a variety of different stories. Uh, for about two years, and then I was given an opportunity to work in sports. And as someone who's been, you know, a, a lifelong sports fan and had a sports blog and entertainment blog on the side, it, it just sort of seemed like a, a, a great fit. And I started working in sports, and it sort of just blossomed into something that I never really expected it to blossom into. Ended up co-hosting two different shows, and then uh, from there. I was working on, on a blog, on a website development, sort of dabbling in, in helping other companies with their, you know, digital marketing goals or digital media goals. And that has since took off. I, I started that about Brumley Brands about two years ago and I uh, recently quit radio in December in order to focus uh, full time on client relationships and building more uh, digital products. Very cool. Well, that's a, that is a, an interesting story and I'm sure throughout it, I'm curious actually, has the way you've approached the marketing and the, the, uh, you know, getting their, their message out and all that stuff between sports and the rest of the world, has it been the same or is it the same? It, it, it honestly, it is because people think, you know, uh, trucking and logistics in particular is a really boring industry, uh, but it, it couldn't be further from the truth because it's, it, you know, there is the famous saying that, you know, if, a tr if you bought it, a truck brought it. And so there's millions of stories that you could be telling, you know, with truck drivers and people who work in brokerage offices and, and people who work in logistics offices. And essentially, no, no matter 
what industry you're covering, you're telling stories and, and you're telling people stories first and, and people connect with people. So it's, 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 it sounds almost that simple, but it's also that difficult too, because you have to be able to, to find the people who are willing to open up and, and willing to share their story. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very, very, very much on point with that one. I would, I would totally agree that obviously all of us that are in this sort of uh, uh, marketing or at least sharing of, of media and stuff are definitely storytellers. Um, I think it's the, it's the level of the playing ground on how good you can get people to connect to that story that that makes you the winner and i think no matter uh whether it's marketing or whether you're in business to so selling insurance or or selling cars or whatever it, it's a uh, as as uh as lindo and mason were saying it's all relationships and it it doesn't matter it's sort of a i think what i call the sixth level of entrepreneurship where it doesn't matter what product you sell because you are the product and then you watch the marketing firms as in the advertising firms it's their job to sort of let people know the story of that product so that I can have something to relate to, I would think. And uh, it sounds like that's exactly yeah. the wheelhouse that you all are, are living in right now. Yeah, because it, I think there's also a growing uh, need as far as content is concerned to, for people to be more honest and authentic. You, you have, you know, sort of this Instagram versus reality uh, in a variety of different uh, marketing channels and, and you mm-hmm. have people promoting this perfectionist lifestyle when people don't it, it, they, they don't gravitate towards perfectionists they, they gravitate towards vulnerabilities and how can I relate to someone and what is yeah. what is the yeah. honest truth about becoming an entrepreneur and and, and working in, in different creative fields yeah I am I am notorious yeah. for letting people know that uh, if you ever want to have your head and brain and heart run through the ringer and feel emotions that you never knew existed you should definitely be an entrepreneur <laughs> so, or at least try to start up your own business kind of thing. So, um, so, yeah. so, so Blythe, like in your world of, of getting business in, in finding new clients and customers, is it the same as, as Mason and Linda were saying it? Or, or do you have any tactics that you could maybe give us that might work? Sure. So I, I really am. So a lot of what I offer can honestly be offered in a variety of different industries. It, it's all about connecting with different people. But the majority of my relationships and, and, and even new business all come from word of mouth. And, and they look, I think they look to my website for just uh, that further uh, authentication, I guess, is, is a great word. Um but it, it, it's really the, those warm leads that, uh, that you guys were talking about earlier that has led to, to my success. But I, I'm also someone who is preparing for a, an upcoming recession. You know, historically, we do have a recession in the United States every five to eight years. And it's been 10 years. And, and I'm sure most of us know that it, it, it's, if a recession does hit a lot of the companies that we deal with, they're going to cut their marketing budgets first. And so for me, what I like to focus on is I have, uh, you know, a few clients that get my undivided attention and they get my, uh, they get my extra analysis as far as like their analytics and their data is concerned, user experience, um, all of that stuff, basically trying to solve the problems of the, the, the customers that they're trying to get. Uh, but I also know that there is a growing, there's a, not a growing need, but a desperate need for some of these smaller companies to just have simple solutions to, 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 to publish regularly on social media, something that 
you know, the, these small business owners are wearing a ton of hats and, and they, they, they don't necessarily have that time to sit down and be creative. So what I'm, I'm focusing on for 2019 and beyond is, is, is really developing and honing in on, on, smaller, on smaller solutions or smaller packages for those small to medium-sized companies. Um, that, that's where I think we'll, we'll, we'll play a, a huge value in because if you're a, a business and you're, you're paying you know, $3,000 a month for a marketing retainer, that, that's easy to cut from the budget. But if you're a, a business and you're paying you know, $300 a month in, in different services, then that is, uh, th- that's much more justifiable to keep in, in the long run. So I think that there, there's much more opportunity out there for the small to medium-sized businesses versus you know, just a, a handful of clients that, that you know, could cut you at any time and then you're really in trouble. Yeah, I would. I, I definitely would agree with that. And I think um, there's also something to be said about local and keeping things local and not in the sense of, of, you know, the large campaigns that you see. But I just think in that sense that sometimes you just need to look right around the corner to find the business because it's so easy for somebody with just a laptop or a, a co-working space to pop up or all these other places where you used to not traditionally look, you can now find and, and, you know, if you're resourceful enough, uh, really kind of engage in those environments and you, you get down the rabbit holes that end up being, you know, the next unicorn, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. So the small and, and medium exactly. business and and attack is good. <laughs> exactly. And, 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 and you do find with a lot of different companies is that they, they've probably in, in the similar situation of what happened to me, they, they've, They've tasked the receptionist or the assistant or the, the admin person with handling the company's marketing. And, and, and you have to be able to relate to them as well and develop those relationships with them and, and have them see you as, as a trusted resource in order to continue thriving and, and, and to continue earning their trust and earning that business. Yeah, yeah these business owners, they really need to, to understand that social media is a full-time job and, they, you know, you got all these ads everywhere of you know these apps you can download business owners make your own marketing videos and you know it's it's uh it's funny i I laugh at it um but yeah the small to medium-sized businesses cutting their budget and focusing on digital and having someone like you Blythe is imperative agreed because they're not going to be the people that are keeping up with with the well not necessarily keeping up with the joneses but they're not going to be the ones in the trenches you know keeping up with with the latest trends um what what's coming in the future you know you you probably have some small to medium-sized businesses right now that think that they need to jump on and start advertising with snapchat like it's just it's they expect us to be the experts and they expect us to provide them and point them in the right direction And, and and it's just it's building and maintaining that that trust factor for them that that I really focus on the most. That, that I, I want to be their go-to resource. I want to be uh, the person that they lean on whenever they have a new idea that that they want to get out for their business. Yeah. Very, very neat. Very neat. So, uh, Blythe, for those that are interested in what you do and want to find out more information, where can we send them to? Sure. You can go to my website at Brumley's Brands. That's B R U M L E V E. It might be a little difficult to sell, but if you're specifically in uh, trucking and logistics, go to digitaldispatch.co and you will find a list of products and services of what we offer specifically for the transportation industry. Very neat. What a what a unique niche, by t- by the way, too. Uh, I know that 
recently we spoke to a couple other transportation uh, executives through our LinkedIn network that really enlightened me to uh, the need that, that they have for services like you provided. It, I was kind of blown away and didn't really grasp that they were going to, those kinds of companies needed those kinds of services. It just, it just didn't dawn on me, I guess. So, but thank you for being here and uh, uh, hang out for a little bit. We're going to hear a little bit more from uh, Lorena. Yes, thank you for having me. Okay, Lorena, thank you for being so patient. So, Lorena, I know you're kind of you're you're kind of the uh, the odd person out here. Is as these all are all in uh, sort of the marketing and advertising stuff. You're in the insurance world, and I've known a little bit about you prior to today. So, I, I do know that the one thing that you do have in common is that you have a really unique story, and I think I know that it's that story that helps get you business and that it's a story that I know that you talk about a lot because it means a lot to you, but you're really sort of, uh, right now you're the proof of the pudding because I think what you do and, and what you have is exactly what we've all been talking about. So, uh, thank you for being here, but by all means, uh, let everybody know who you are and what you do. Thank you so much for having me and, and the opportunity to be here. Um, yeah, so I've been in business for about 12 years now. Um, I'm the owner of mom, M A L M life and health insurance agency here in Miami. And um, I've been working together with my mom now since I was in college. Um, I started as her appointment setter back then and um, went to go see what she did one day. I really didn't know what my mom worked in. I I knew she did sales. And then I saw that what she did was really easy and um, it really helped out a lot of people. Um, So we work with two different types of consumers, I guess. We work with both families and small business owners, like small to medium-sized business owners, um, helping them with with financial protection. Um, And I I can go into more detail about that um, after. Sure, sure. So uh, in, in, I guess, in your travels, talk to us about how you find new business in, in, I'm really curious how much the, your, your unique story uh, comes into play there. So people always like to work with someone that they know and trust. And obviously, since I work with family, they already have an idea that I'm not here to scam them, <laughs> right? Um, so people really like that that I work with my mom. That That's always great for marketing and, and breaking the ice a little bit with somebody that really doesn't know me. Um so and like for for a lot of what I do, like I work with business owners, like I mentioned, I help business owners find tax deductions uh, with life insurance, not just group health plans, but with life insurance. Uh, there's certain ways that we can creatively do that. Um, and as a business owner myself, I'm able to relate to another business owner who who's looking for for tax deductions, right? Um, and the same with families, you know, with income protection, if something happens, the majority of people don't even have six months in savings, much less have any income, um, in case of a critical illness or, or chronic illness, right? Not, not just death, uh, to be able to continue paying their bills. So a lot of it is really just telling stories, um, like, like Blythe was talking about that people can relate to. It's, it's not really about, um, selling something, it's more about what what solution we're really solving at, at the end of the day. And I would say that you are definitely in the relationship business first, uh, in trust business. Would you say that? 
Definitely, yeah. You know, <laughs> I laugh sometimes because people will ask me after they've signed the paperwork, uh, oh, by the way, what company is this with? Because they're really buying from me. They're not buying the company. Obviously, yes, it's important in insurance to make sure that you're buying from a reputable A plus or A company. You know, you don't want to have some company that came out yesterday. Yes, that that's important. But it's really about people trusting in me because I'm really the face for, for the different companies. Um, I'm a broker, so I represent different companies to meet the needs of, of my client. So very neat. And so uh, are, are you, uh, last time I think we had talked, you were um, in the process of possibly expanding. Is that still the case? Uh, yeah. So I've normally worked locally here in Miami driving up and down the turnpike i-95 everywhere <laughs> to go see clients so uh this year i've, I've really been focusing on converting my agency 100 percent digitally so yeah I've, I've definitely been able to do that because we can do electronic applications and um, I, I have something unique that other agencies don't it's something i've come up with called a 3d process and and what we do is uh, we take people through a three-step process. We basically first discover what the needs are of, of my client. And then after that, I will do quotes and I will do a, a video quote, meaning I will, it's like if I'm face-to-face -face with my client, I will go over all the details of the quote so they can uh, know everything in detail. And then after that, the client decides of the options, what, what they want to do. And, and we go from there, helping them do the e-application. Uh, a few reasons for doing that is, one, it's a lot more convenient for my client to do that instead of having to clean their house, make sure they're home at the time we said they were going to be there, uh, you know, make sure the kids are doing something so they're not interrupting us and things like that. So it's definitely more convenient for them because they can just watch the video uh, um, when they have the time. And then, you know, ask me any questions and so forth from there. And um, yeah, so that also allows me to work in the entire state of Florida. My license is obviously Florida. So now I can work with a client in Orlando, Tallahassee, Jacksonville, um, wherever they, they might be. Very neat. So I think, and this is one of the the beauties of, of the Business Radio X Network and sort of what we do, and it's very hard to put into words, but here's a perfect example um, of, of the power that I think is BRX. So I'm going to call it out and, and be selfish here for a second. But so on the line here, and even though it seems a little odd to have insurance mixed in with all of this other marketing and software, but if you think about it, the, the 3D thing that you just described are three people here that probably all combined together, if you were resourceful, could totally put all of that together and make it happen, right? And so right. I like to point those things out, not because they necessarily had to go that route, but it's it's really odd the way that it's serendipity happens because you have some software, you have some video, and you have some some uh, uh, marketing and advertising capabilities, and then you have all three of you guys can combined with your idea, and and here we mm -hmm. go. You know, we could all start a new company today. So I just, I just <laughs> you know, I think it's it's just kind of cool. And when it happens like that, I like to call it out because some people. I have to try to explain that to you and it's very hard to explain, but it just, it would connect the dots and it just happens. So, um, right. I mean, I, I think as, yeah. as an, as an entrepreneur, we have to wear so many different hats and, uh, for me personally, it's a little bit hard to delegate 
a lot of stuff. But certainly, like, graphic design and, and things I know I can't do, I have no issue delegating that. Um, and technology has been great to make things easier for people. Um, but I always say, yeah, definitely hire experts in, in their field because they took their time getting the training and, and improving their skills. Yeah, very cool. Well, uh, thank you again for being here and congratulations on the success from the last time we've talked. I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're expanding and, and growing and uh, uh, adapting to technology and using it in your advantage. It's really cool. Thank you. So, okay, you guys, well, we're at the end of time, so I want all of you to stick around real quick. Let me get us out of here, and then I'll, I'll run you through the rest of the Oh, the one, one moment. Uh, oh, yeah. Pete, I didn't say how people can Oh, yes, I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, if they're interested, yeah. how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, so my social media for Instagram, Twitter, Facebook is M-A-L-M-I-N-S 22, or they can reach me by text or give me a call at 786 786- Two three six one seven nine two. Very cool. Okay, sorry about that. I definitely don't want to miss it. And no problem. And and for all of you, we'll have uh, when we repost our show on our page, we'll have all of your links so that people can find you from uh, businessradiox.com as well. So uh, please stick around for for just a moment, uh, guys. You can find us at Picola Radio X on Twitter. You can find us at Picola BRX on Facebook, or you can find us on our webpage at businessradiox.com or on our live feed at businessradiox.live. And this has been Pensacola Business Radio, where business is good and your work matters. All right, I want to thank everybody for listening today. My name is Keith Hilbert. This has been Pensacola Business Radio. You can find us at Picola Radio X on Twitter, Picola BRX on Facebook. You can find us on LinkedIn at businessradioxstudios.pensacola, or you can find us on Instagram at Pensacola Business Radio, or on our websites at businessradiox.com, or on our live feed at businessradiox.live. If you are interested in being a guest on Business Radio X, please visit either one of our sites or our social media sites to find a link to book your appearance. This has been Pensacola Business Radio, where business is good and your work matters.